0: See, wisdom leads to understanding opportunity, leads to knowing God's will, leads to saying I need God's Spirit to lead me in this, that I would take advantage of the opportunity again that is before me. The wise understand this. There is no time to be lazy. So one of the bottom lines for today, loved ones, is this. You know you're growing in wisdom when you despise laziness. The wise are not okay with laziness.
1: Hello and welcome back to Live in the Light. We're so thankful that you have tuned us in here today. We're thankful for that, for sure. But we're also very thankful for your support. You have reached out, so many of you, and let us know if you're encouraging, let us know that you're praying for us, and even some of you have reached out for financial support. We're so thankful for all that support. And we're thankful as God continues to grow this ministry to hear from you. So if you're interested in connecting with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can connect with us at liveinthelight.ca. That's liveinthelight.ca. Or you can phone us up at 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's 1-844-225-4448. Well, we're continuing on in our great series today entitled "The Worth of Wisdom," and today's topic takes us to Proverbs six, and I think it's going to hit a lot of us. It's for sure hitting me, Robbie. A a message, as it were, that gets us off the couch.
0: Yeah, that's right. It does get us off our couch. It's called wisdom for the lazy. And I think, Craig, what's so key to today's message in the Word of God is we're going to find out that laziness is not ultimately a physical problem. Laziness ultimately is a spiritual problem. And that's maybe hard for some of us to hear, but we need to hear what God has to say and how much God cares in his word that we are men and women who make the best use of our time because the days are evil. We are men and women who work hard with the opportunity in life that we've been given not to appease an angry God, but to serve and love a God who's given us talents and gifts and time and opportunity. And so we need wisdom if we're going to defeat laziness within our lives. Such an important topic
1: and one that's not necessarily spoken of a lot. I'm excited for our listeners today. I'm excited for you and for me. All right. Well, let's get to God's word without any further ado. Proverbs 6, beginning in verse 6. And here now is Pastor Robbie with some wisdom from God's word for the lazy. All
0: right. Why don't you grab the Bible and open that up to Proverbs uh, chapter 6. As we continue in our series, The Worth of Wisdom, we're learning in this series that there is really – Few things more valuable than wisdom itself. Wisdom is more valuable than gold. And the Bible is telling us over and over again, and we're seeking to believe that and live by that as well. So turn to Proverbs uh, chapter six. And just before we get into that, um, I wanna make you aware that in 2010, there was a survey taken and a project initiated um, to discover a, a very fascinating fact. It was a survey taken. Uh, to find out which country was the laziest nation on earth, okay? So I'm happy to report to you that Canada uh, was not first, but I'm sad to report to you that Canada was second, okay? So there were 24 developed countries that were surveyed in categories such as daily calorie intake, um, TV viewing habits, percentage of the population that is active and exercise, and then total overall internet usage. So of the four categories, Uh, Our wonderful neighbors to the south of us took uh, first in uh, calorie intake and also in obsessive TV watching. However, Canada apparently leads the way in internet usage um, in the world. So that's interesting. Canada also ranks overall as the second laziest nation on earth. Again, congratulations, all right? Congratulations. So um, in light of that and North America really being the laziest continent for sure um, on the planet, according to the survey, um, some of the things you find out as that a continent that's lazy produces a certain fruit. And what we're going to see today is the Bible is going to have some fun in a way as well. The Bible has some examples of laziness today. We're going to see that is, is just it's sarcastic, it's bordering on, well, it is ridiculous, but it's Bible's making a point. Like The Bible's written by the Holy Spirit of God to tell us a point. And apparently our sermon title today is more appropriate and needed maybe than we thought. And our sermon title today is this, Wisdom for the Lazy. Wisdom for the Lazy. Our main purpose today, we find out this, is that laziness is not just a physical problem. Here's really the most important part. Laziness ultimately is a spiritual problem. Laziness at its fundamental roots is an issue of the heart. So that being true, it's not surprising then that the Bible has a lot to say about laziness, particularly in the book of Proverbs. And let's be honest with ourselves Physical laziness is killing us, and spiritual laziness is also killing us as well. Again, physically and spiritually, we are being killed by laziness. So today, the Bible is trying to get our attention and say, hey, loved ones, listen, it's time to wake up and work. It's time to wake up and get to work. Listen, why we still have time. That's the part that's so important, that this life is so brief, and and the urgency should be so great, that we have, listen, we we have one life to live. And what are we doing with this one opportunity that God has given us? And sometimes we take for granted, we'll live several more decades. Who says? God says, we don't know. Could be today. It could be decades, yes. It could be uh, next week. The point is, with the chance that we have with the talents, with the opportunity, biblically in the parable, the talents we've been given, what are we doing with that? So a verse to kind of sum this up as far as wisdom and opportunity and time and urgency and waking up is found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse Fifteen says, "Look carefully, then how you walk, how we live. Walking is going through this life, not as unwise, notice, but as wise. Walk as those who are wise. What does that mean? Making the best use of the time. The wise understand, man. I got to take advantage of what I've been given. Why? Because the days are evil. Because the days are evil. Because." The gospel is too important because the glory of Jesus Christ, it's just, it's going to come, come so fast. and It's going to hit us. And then all of a sudden we're like, what have I done with what God has given to me? Therefore, do not be foolish. Again, this is just a summary of Proverbs really, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And interestingly, this morning, my, my personal reading was in Ephesians 5, just from the reading plan that I'm on. And I get to this, and of course, the very next verse is, therefore, do not be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And it was on to say about all the amazing things God wants to do by addressing one another in Psalms and singing with all our hearts and giving thanks for all things and just submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. See, wisdom leads to understanding opportunity, leads to knowing God's will, leads to saying, I need God's Spirit to lead me in this, that I would take advantage of the opportunity. But again, that is before me. The wise. Understand this, there is no time to be lazy. So, one of the bottom lines for today, loved ones, is this you know you're growing in wisdom when you despise laziness. The wise are not okay with laziness. The wise understand the value of hard work. The wise understand I cannot neglect. And today's not just about the workplace, today is about neglect of marriage, neglect of my soul before God, neglect of my physical health. All of these things are factors. And a heart that is lazy. And so this is a word for us today. I mean, absolutely, this is a word practical but spiritual at the same point. So I need to, I need to ask the Lord would work. And one of the things I, you know, I wish I could just come up and change my own heart and change your heart. I, I can't do that. I, I I can't do anything. But the Lord can. And so we ask Him that He would. And the people that are here right now, and God knows, and each individual, some of us have been coasting our whole lives. Maybe today could be the day where that changes, man. Enough coasting, enough laziness. Let's get serious about what God has for us. Let me pray for that to happen right now. Father, in Jesus' name, coasting done. In Jesus' name, apathy destroyed. In Jesus' name, complacency no more. In Jesus' name, laziness seen for what it is. It's evil, God. It's sin. It is. We're going to see that today. No time to be a sluggard. The days are evil. I pray we make the most of the time, Lord, by pursuing wisdom, being filled by God's spirit, and being transformed in you. Take your word, Lord. Apply it. Apply it powerfully. Apply it clearly to every individual. Oh God, may You do so. For You, again, it's always. It's always for You. It must be for You. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, here we go. Wisdom for the lady. Uh, for the for the lady. For the for the for the lazy. And Bibles open to Proverbs chapter six, uh, verse six. This is our. We're going to see three passages today. Three chunks of Scripture in Proverbs that deal with laziness or the sluggard. Uh, Here's the first one. Proverbs 6, verse 6. Go to the antel, sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Notice, without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer, gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Okay, I want to start here today. Here's our first point of wisdom for the lazy. Point number one is this: "O lazy, learn from the ant." O lazy, learn from the ant. Again, verse six: Go to the ant, O sluggard. Now, sluggard, of course, is a sluggish person, but someone who has a uh, an uh, habitual habit of being lazy. So go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and uh, be wise. So notice right away here, the exhortation to the lazy person, to the sluggard, and the principle in wisdom is this. Wisdom is always observing and learning through life. Wisdom is always looking to see what they can learn because they know they're never done learning in this way. And so in verse 6, as wisdom always seeks more wisdom, Verse six is using God's creation as an opportunity to glean from the wisdom that God has for us through his creation. In the case of chapter six, verse six, uh, it's a call to look at the ant, to observe the ways of the ant, to understand the value of hard work and the value of running away from laziness. Now, isn't this humbling? Human beings are the pinnacle of God's creation. We alone are made in the image of God, and yet here, as God loves to humble his people that they might see him more clearly, we, as God's pinnacle of creation, we are called now to look at a bug, at, a, at, at an insect, to learn the ways of what it means to value um, hard work. I love when God does stuff like that. It's so amazing. So notice in verse 6, notice the word go. Go, sluggard. Notice the command, consider, sluggard. And notice the phrase, and then be wise. So really what's being said here, lazy one, lazy one, get off your tush. Lazy one, lazy one, get up and learn. Oh, lazy one, would you get some wisdom? Would you, would you once and for all wake up and get some wisdom so you don't waste your life? And notice the lessons that are here from the ant as it pertains to the sluggard. Three main lessons are here. Lesson number one is this to the lazy one. Listen, lazy one, take initiative. Lazy one, take initiative. Look at verse 7. So consider the ant, and then it says in verse 7, without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. So the point here is that the ant does not have a whipmaster standing over it. The ant is not punching time cards, and the ant doesn't have a nagging parent trying to get them out of bed. Rather, the point and observation from creation as it relates to ants is ants take initiative because by their initiative, it allows them to survive. Ants inherently possess wisdom of hard work and initiative. That's the first lesson. Sluggard, learn from the ant, take initiative in life, take initiative in working hard. Here's the second lesson. Be diligent is what the wise person says to the sluggard. Oh, sluggard... Be diligent as the ant is. Verse 8, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. So the sluggard is supposed to look to the ant, and the sluggard is supposed to observe the ant, both looking ahead and planning ahead. Even when food in the summertime is plentiful and in abundance, the ant here, notice, is gathering her food for the harvest. Now, the ant that's probably being referred to here, and it was very common in ancient Palestine, was the harvester ant. And the harvester ant, again, very, very common, and would literally take a, a wheat or grain and store it in its nest. And so this is probably the ant that's being referred to. But notice, she gathers her food and harvest. So the ant is working so hard to store up her food that it will last her all winter. <coughs> so that's amazing. This is the diligence Um, Of the ant. Now, I specifically remember this past summer um, on my break sitting down on a chair and watching this ant um, carry this bug like four times the size of itself and watching it move from like a three meter span. And I was honestly, I was kind of enthralled by this. And I remember where I was, I remember what I was looking at and watching this ant go through. And I, I noticed the effort of the ant. I noticed the diligence of the ant. I noticed the perseverance of the ant. See, why would you notice that? Because I stuck my foot in the way and stuff. And the ant would find a way or put a piece of stick that would be like 10 times the size. And the ant was sold. it, it would climb up or around. It would find its way. It would stumble a bit, pick up its food again. And it would drag it all the way back on this. It would be like 30 miles to us for this ant and finds all the way back to the nest. And I was honestly looking at it saying, that's incredible. And that's what is happening here within this text. We are to look and observe and gain wisdom that the ant takes initiative. The ant is diligent. And the third lesson that Solomon's really uh, exhorting here to the sluggard is, uh, uh, lazy one, wake up and work. Wake up and work. So in verse 9, it's almost like Solomon loses his patience. And he's had enough and he's in telling the lessons of the ant. And then immediately in verse 9, he's like, how long will you lie there, old sluggard? It's almost like, again, he loses his patience and he says, Lazy one, wake up, you sleepyhead. I mean, how long will you do this? How long will you go through life like this? How long will you sit there rotting away with no productivity on your life? When will you wake up? It's almost like he's saying enough already, enough lethargy, enough complacency, enough slothfulness. Do something with your life. Verse nine, how long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? Notice verse 10, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. We'll come to that in a little bit. Now, as you know, loved ones, when you hear words like this of like, get up, lazy one, and when will you start doing something with your life? It might seem like tough love or even harsh, but right now, the wise in this room understand. Right now, those filled with wisdom aren't arguing against what Solomon's saying right here because the wise understand the lessons from the ant. Here's what the wise agree that they want to do and who they want to be. Again, they want to take these lessons and the wise will take initiative. The wise will take initiative. The wise here ultimately are thankful for supervision. See, the ant doesn't need it. The wise are thankful for supervision in their lives. But listen, the wise though ultimately don't need it if it came down to it. For those who walk in wisdom and they take initiative, their productivity at work doesn't change when the boss is away. Why? Because they're serving the Lord. They're walking in the fear of the Lord. They're seeking to honor the Lord. They understand that they 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 are working, again, ultimately for the glory of God. So if the boss is away, their productivity, again, will not be altered. These are the employees that are eager, ambitious, conscientious, These are the employees that understand and they take so seriously. They prayerfully approach their day. They plan. They are proactive. But again, I want to stress this to you. The wise take initiative not just in work. They take initiative in life. They take initiative with their health. They take initiative in their their relationships that are most important. And they certainly take initiative with their soul before God. They don't approach life in laziness and have no prayer and have no study and have no God in their life. The wise take initiative in all these areas of their lives. The wise take initiative. The wise are diligent. Of course they are. Flat out, the wise work hard. And listen, they seem to work smart. Now, wise people aren't seeking to become workaholics, but they want to give their best while they work. Now, one of the principles that my dad entrusted me with when I was a young man, and by the way, as I begin to share these principles of my dad, parents, I just want to encourage you, okay? So I was saying to Jill this week, you know, it's amazing when you're a kid and your dad says something to you and you're just like, yeah, dad, yeah, whatever, you know? And you really think, oh, whatever. But as you get older and you're going through life, you're like, oh, that's really good stuff, you know? And so parents, as you say to your kids and they're like, yeah, whatever, dad, listen, they're kind of listening. And as you get older, I'm now, as we've seen this week, I'm now sharing the same principles my dad taught me to my sons and to my daughters. And so take that, kids, eh? It's so great. Because listen, what you're sharing with them, they are listening to, and I think it will hit home. it might take 20 years, but in the end, the wisdom sets down and just like, man, my dad really knew what he was talking about. One of the principles that my dad said to me is so simple, but so important. He always said, Robbie, work first, play later. Work first, play later. Do you know how good it feels to rest after you've worked so hard? I hope you know what that feels like. It's so great. Rest feels so good after you've worked so hard. That's one of the reasons why my favorite times of the week is Sunday afternoon because you pour your heart out over three services, you know, and give your all for the Lord in this way. And then you go down and just give me a bowl of soup in three hours and I cheer for my losing football team. But at least it's kind of time where, where I get to sit there and it's just, you just feel so good. You don't feel guilty. You're not feeling lazy. You just like feel like it's been earned in that way. It feels so good to work hard and then play hard or to or to rest hard. But conversely, it feels awful when you're lying around doing nothing all the time and you know you don't deserve any of it. It feels awful. You know that, that feeling, of you, just, you, you know you're being lazy, but your laziness contributes to more laziness and you feel guilt and shame and conviction. And you're like, oh, what am I doing? And, and but I just, you get up and work hard. Amazing how it fixes that. Because we are created to work hard. Remember, the opportunity to work from God was given to us pre-fall in Genesis. We're designed to work. We're created to work hard. And we feel good as we do that as we seek to work first and, and play later. This is what the wise do. They discipline themselves to think ahead like the ant, to plan ahead like the ant, and to prepare for fruitfulness like the ant. The wise understand the consequences of both action and inaction. They understand when what will result from action, but also from inaction. And what does inaction in our lives do? Often it leads to great stress. You know, like procrastination, right? I mean, procrastination is... It's not good. It just, it just builds. One of the other principles my dad taught me when I was younger was Robbie, and this took me a few years to understand this. Robbie, the greatest way to eliminate stress most often is to work hard. The greatest eliminator of stress in your life, especially if it comes to an assignment, a project, a presentation, something that's hanging over you is to work hard at that and get that done. And it's incredible how the stress seems to go away. But what, what procrastination does though, is like, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. And you're thinking about it. I got to do this, I got to do this. And you lie awake at night saying, I got to do this. I got to do this. And just oh, one more day and one more hour and one more thing and keep putting it off. But there it is, there it is, there it is, there it is. And the longer you put it off, the more stress that builds up in your life and you lose sleep and you get uncomfortable and you get irritable with family. And you da, 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 da. if you sit down and work hard and attack the stress through hard work, it's amazing how that really does help. That's just wisdom. That's just wisdom. Hard work is one of the great eliminators of the anxiety we carry within our lives. The wise take initiative, the wise are diligent, and and of course the wise will wake up. The wise will wake up. In verse nine, how long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? The wise understand. I gotta wake up. Now here's here's one of the realities too, and I say this in love today, but I I need to say it. There, There are people here today that are slothful, Lazy, sleepy people. And you know it. Like Right now you know it. The Lord says to you, listen, while you have the opportunity, wake up. Wake up and get to work. That's where you'll find satisfaction. That's where you'll know, blessing. Wake, wake up and get to work for the things in the Lord. There are people here today, if you're honest, your bed is your altar. A TV is your idol. And overall laziness is your MO. You've got to change that before the Lord returns. You, you have to change that while you have a chance. You, you've been given one life. One life again. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Really, I mean, this is what grieves me. There, there, there are many men and women, but there are many young men who unless things change, they will stand before the Lord in judgment and have to give an account. Believers and non-believers have judgment in the sense of what, what have we done with what we've been given. And there'll be young men that will stand before the Lord in Judgment, the Holy One of God will stand before them and the opportunity that they've been trusted with, they will hold up an accomplishment of video games and present that to the Lord. This is what my life was about. I spent hundreds and hundreds of hours pursuing a video game and seeking to do whatever. I mean, that, that, that is going to happen. I mean, just imagine that moment before the Holy Righteous One of God and say, what did you do with your life? I played video games. Really? Really? Like, that—that that is what you're going to present to the Lord? Like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No, like, Isn't it? Like, isn't it? To stand before God in this life of life and death, and, and millions are, are lost and dying without salvation in Jesus Christ, and we'll say, look, God, look. I mean, just think about that. Get some wisdom. Get some, stop being foolish. We can go through the list, but the wise wake up. It's tragic what's occurring in our society right now. Oh, lazy one, learn from the ant. Secondly, this. Oh, wise one, learn from the lazy. Oh, wise one, learn from the lazy. Turn to Proverbs chapter 24. Now, if there's ever a message to not be lazy in turning in scripture, this is it, right? This is it. Proverbs 24, verse 30. Go, 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 go. 24, verse 30. A wise one, learn from the lazy. So here we have a wise sage walking through life and observing lessons from again, what that he's taking in. Notice this, he walks by the field of a lazy person, a sluggard. Verse 30 of chapter 24. I passed by the field of a sluggard, by the vineyard of a man lacking sense, and behold, it was all overgrown with thorns. The ground was covered with nettles, and its stone wall was broken down. Then I saw and considered it. I looked and received instruction. Okay, let's just stop right there for a second. Notice what's happening. Here's what wisdom does. Wisdom observes. Wisdom considers. And then wisdom gains instruction. That's so important. So in this context right now, wisdom learns from the success of others but wisdom also learns from the failure of others. So that's what the Bible's doing right here. It's helping us to learn from the failures of others that we would say, I don't wanna be like that. So some of us, if we were totally honest, we'd say, well, I like being lazy. I wanna be lazy. I reproduce laziness in my life. Okay, so if you want to be lazy, here's what you must be clear on. Make sure you want the fruit of laziness as well. If you want to pursue laziness in your life, spiritually and at work and with your health, make sure you understand the fruit of laziness because that's what the Bible is going to give us. Proverbs, I'll just read it for you. Proverbs 15 verse 19 says, the way of a sluggard is a hedge of thorns. The way of a sluggard is a hedge of thorns. What that's telling us is laziness. We think, ah, oh, it's about my comfort and my ease and I'm doing so well and all these things, whatever. But the reality is the Bible says the way of a sluggard, actually, it's like you go, ah, what is that? You're all, ah, it's so painful. There's consequences for the slothfulness within our lives. It hurts, it's painful. It's not going to go well. And that's what the Bible starts to explain to us. Again, look at verse 30. I passed by the field of a sluggard by the vineyard of a man lacking sense, NRSV calls a stupid man there, and the observations of laziness begins to relate to his field. Now his field would equal his livelihood. It would equal his life. Notice three things about the field of the sluggard. Number one, it was uncapped. It was uncapped. It says it was all overgrown with thorns. So the property of the sluggard, because he's so lazy, was a disaster. It was not cared for. It was not tended to. What do we learn here? Very, very important when it comes to laziness. Laziness suffers from neglect. One of the consequences of a lazy life, a sluggard's life, is that neglect is seen everywhere. Unkept house, unkept finances, unkept temple of the Holy Spirit. Here's an important point too, though, okay? Okay workaholics, workaholics can be just as lazy as a sluggard in certain ways. They might be giving themselves for their workplace, but the workaholic can use work as an excuse to be lazy in his or her marriage. The workaholic can use that as an excuse to say, I got no time to pray. I got no time for the Lord. You are neglecting your soul before God. Workaholists can use that excuse to say, I have no time to serve the Lord in church. I'm just not, I'm just so, work is everything. Listen, workaholists can be just as lazy as they neglect family and kids. And they use the work as the excuse because ultimately that's their idol. It's about self. And they're neglecting massive areas of their lives. Laziness ends up in neglect. Again, neglecting things like our marriages. Like husbands and wives, if we're not attending to the relationship of our spouse, why? A lot of cases, we're just lazy. Can't be bothered. We want to serve self. I mean, you got to see it for what it is. Again, like a lack of prayer life, a lack of being in God's word. For the most part, laziness is the reason. We're just lazy. Like that's what we got to be honest with God about. To say, and say, Lord, I I confess my sin of slothfulness, of laziness. Because I've been given this one opportunity and I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not using it. I'm not using it. I'm wasting my time in all these things that ultimately do not matter.
1: You're listening to Live in the Light with Robbie Simons. Live in the Light is a radio ministry dependent on the support of our listeners. We
0: recognize that your first gifts should be to your local church, but if you feel led to give above and beyond your regular giving, we ask that you prayerfully consider Live in the Light. You can donate to Live in the Light online at liveinthelight.ca or by calling us at 844-225-4448. We can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for listening to us today. Join us again next time on Live in the Life.